Hey there, everyone. I hope you all are staying healthy and happy. This is going to be an episode on my first fail in real estate and how I dealt with it. This podcast can be listened to from the point of view of a first-time home buyer, um, as well as somebody that's looking to get into real estate and wants to get a better idea about how to deal with failure and deals falling apart. So before we get started, I just wanted to give you all a little background on my real estate experience. Um, In August of 2018, I started shadowing at Kavanaugh Realty, um, just learning the basics about real estate and seeing what it's like and seeing if I could actually see myself um, doing this as a career. Um, Then in February of 2019, I started taking my um, real estate agency uh, course It's a 75-hour course for the state of New York, Um, and I took it through Manfred University online, and then I ended up passing and finishing um, the course in August of 2019, and then finishing all my tests for both the state and the course in September, and then in January 2020, I paid all of my dues and started my real estate career, so now I've been doing real estate for about 10 months. I wanted to start off this podcast mentioning how important it is to understand the responsibilities of buying and owning a home. Um, When you first find a home to when you actually close on the home, there are a lot of costs you have to account for. So it is super important to continue to save money and be able to have enough money to actually um, close on your house and pay for inspections on the house, as well as be able to put down earnest money, um, your uh, down payment, and then also... um, when you actually move into the house, if there's anything that you need to fix, you would like to make sure that you have enough money to be able to fix those things as soon as you move in. So there's two sides you can kind of look at this concept um, to kind of protect yourself from failing. And you can look at it from the point of view of being the real estate agent, and then you can also look at it um, from the point of view of being a buyer. So if you're a real estate agent and you can kind of get the idea that the person might not have enough money to be able to um, afford the home they're looking at, I would just just simply suggest being in absolutely no rush as well as um, suggesting that they look at homes a a little bit under um, how much they're able to spend on the house. So you don't want to be insulting about if a home is too high and say, oh, you can't afford it. I would just suggest really talking, really giving them the opportunity to talk to their lender so they get the clearest idea of how much they're going to be spending um, between now and closing. Having your buyers aware of the cash that they're going to need to close is super important and just to avoid failure at all costs, I would um, let them know and give them full um, a full idea of how much it's going to cost to close. Um, that way, that that way, there's no um, kind of 
blurred lines of how much money they're going to need. Of course, it will be a little bit blurry, but at least give them a very specific range of how much they're going to be spending. That way, when it comes time to close, um, they're not frantically scrambling to find money and then stress and then upset throughout the whole process. From the buyer's point of view, like I said, make sure that you talk to your lender. Um, make sure that you know you get a full idea of how much money you really actually have, how you like to um, live your life, if you like to live lavishly or if you you know you don't really spend money too much. Um, take all those things into accountability and then from there kind of figure out how much you should really be spending on the house because sometimes you can be qualified for a, a large amount of money, but maybe it's a good idea to just not spend as much as they are giving you for the purpose of continuing being able to live um, the lifestyle that you would like. And that point brings me right into my next, which is how important it is to make sure that you are working with the right people throughout your home buying process. So this comes right down to the people that you first get a loan with. Um, you want to make sure that the company you're getting a loan with is super transparent about all the costs you're going to have to spend and you also want to make sure that they have the right products for you and by this I mean there are multiple kinds of loans that you can get when you're buying a house and different mortgages will offer different um, loans and they all have kind of different rules different guidelines um, and different specifications that allow you to get a certain amount of money and a certain home in a certain area. So there's a lot that goes into the loan you are given and then the loan amount that you have, how much money you put down, and also, um, I mean, where you're interested in buying. So I would suggest really getting to know your lenders, making sure that you have a good relationship between you and the lender, making sure that there's... Um, you're able to have clear conversation back and forth and be able to comprehend everything before you fully get started in the home buying process. I would also want to make sure that you feel that you are available enough and flexible enough to be able to work on the other end of a deal. So by this I mean if somebody is trying to get a hold of you, you don't want to all of a sudden disappear from the world and not understand the maturity level that you need to have when buying a home just because it it's a serious process there are attorneys involved um there are people's obviously there's paychecks involved there's people wanting to sell their home and buy, move into another home so there's more than just you involved in this process and you need to think about it from a mature point of view and understand that other people are counting on you when you sign a contract. Um, so once <clears throat> you have your lender figured out, then you want to figure out what agent you want to look, what agent you want to work with. And this is also another really 
big deciding factor. Um, and I'm more focusing on the point of view that you are buying a home, not selling the home that you are currently living in. So this is where I'm coming from. So let's say you're looking to buy your first home and you are kind of nervous about the process. Obviously, you've never done it before and you want to make sure that you have enough money for everything. You don't want to rush into anything. I would really make sure that you are working with an agent that you, first of all, like, know, and trust. And those are three big things that I was kind of taught throughout my real estate career that people look for when they're looking for an agent. They want to make sure that they like them. Obviously, you want to have like a certain type of friend relationship. You like the way that they talk to you. You like the way that they think. Um, and then you want to, if possible, make that make sure that you know them. If you have a relative, family, friend, um, any type of relationship to an agent that you feel comfortable with, I would suggest working with them. And then you obviously want to make sure that you trust them because there's a lot of things that can go into real estate where trust can be lost. So it's super important that you're working with somebody that you know isn't going to lie to you to make a sale, to make a commission. You want to make sure that they're being honest and working in your best interest. And that's what they should be doing. So what else I have to say about that is finding an agent is obviously super important. Um, not every agent is going to work for you, and that doesn't mean that it's not the right time for you to buy. Maybe you just need to work with somebody else, um, and that's simply that. Obviously, everybody has a different personality, so you have a lot of options when it comes to finding an agent, and they're not all the same. So if somebody is telling you, oh, all agents are the same, they're all, you know, after money, after this, uh, trying to make something fast and easy for themselves, that's not true. Some of us are working in your best interest, and we truly want you to end up in a home that you love and can afford. So after you find the agent as well as the lender, um, and you find the home that you want to live in, you then want to start focusing on who you want to have as your attorney and then who you want to have as your inspector. And those people will um, kind of make the process of buying the home easier. Obviously, if you know somebody in those industries, it's perfect to choose them because you already have open communication with those people um, relative, family, friend, anything like that, you'll be able to fully go over all every detail with the person and trust them. Um, with the inspector, uh, really to buy a home, you don't need to have an inspection, at least where I'm working um, in upstate New York. You can choose to opt out of the inspection and just purchase the home without one. Um, but if you do choose to have an inspection, the costs for those do vary from person to person. Um, but overall, a inspection technically cannot pass or fail, at least where I am from. Um, it's all in the eyes of the buyer. So if you see something that you don't like on the inspection, then you can decide whether you like the house or you do not like the house. 
um, and then you can kind of go from there after. The inspection. The inspector's job is just to basically find everything wrong with the house and for you to review it and then decide if you still want to continue the purchase of the house. With the attorney, um, obviously, if you know somebody, that's great. Also, real estate agents have relationships with attorneys, so they'll be able to find you an attorney that works best with your lender, works best with their company, um, and work will work best for you. Uh, so that will kind of make it simple and easy. I know right now, currently, um, definitely everything is kind of backed up and things are taking much longer to close and everything. And that's just because of the time that we're in and the fact that, uh, you know, it's obviously taking a while for things to get done just because of the uh, coronavirus. So now I kind of want to get into the first failure that I had in real estate as well as um, how I dealt with it or how I will continue to deal with failure in the future. So basically, um, this was going to be, I think, my sixth house to close on. And it happened in about... I want to say the end of August into September. We were supposed to close somewhere around September 1st, and that would have meant that in about June, we found the home and had put in a um, in an offer. It was accepted, and we were going through the closing process. So basically, we had the inspection, we had the impra- appraisal, everything was fine. We were about a week um, out to close, and the deal did fall apart. I felt a lot of guilt from this deal falling apart just because of the other end of the deal. The person that's actually trying to sell their home, get rid of their home, get the money, close on their home. And also, since it was my first year in real estate, I felt bad because I was then felt like I brought somebody who wasn't ready, able, to buy a house. Um, But I quickly learned that through talking with uh, my broker and people in my office that these things happen and, you know, you can't control these things because you can't control other people. All you can do is work in the best interest of your buyer. You listen to them, you trust them, and you go through with what they want. And then when they decide maybe that they need to pull back or something's not working, then you need to work from there. Um, Also, it's important to not put your stress and anger on your client because they're ultimately the one that made this tough decision to terminate a contract and you want to still continue to be on their side, but also let them know and be aware of the consequences that they might face from terminating a contract, especially so close to closing. Um, No matter what, the situation does suck, but you need to make sure that you are still um, being the person that you always were, being the kind, honest and uh, advice-giving person so that the person still feels safe and that you're not angry with them. 
because that can ultimately add to, you know, obviously people ignoring you or people trash talking you to other people. And that's not what you want. You want to make sure that you always stay nice, calm, happy, and optimistic about the situation because truly you are. You don't want some, you really don't want your client to end up in a home that they don't want to. So why put any sort of stress or burden on them by making them feel that they've let you down in any way? Because no matter what, you are working for them. They are not working for you. So you need to make sure that you're being nice and understanding of the person's financial and just uh, decision of buying this home and know when it's right and know when it's not right. Um, And also you want to make sure that you're giving them the most accurate information that you possibly can. Um, And that's and that's just being honest with them, letting them know the consequences, um, and having a full and open conversation with them. So uh, those are the, the the things that I learned from this process. Basically, I learned to be understanding of the other person, um, that it, it really isn't too big of a deal if you're looking at it from the agent's um, commission point of view, don't don't get bogged down because you lost one sale. There will be other sales that will make up for it. And also don't d- get discouraged and think that this is going to happen again and again and again. Because you can make sure that it doesn't happen again by making sure that you're working with somebody that is truly qualified and excited and being able to have conversation with them and know that they are responsive to you. Um, So there can come a point when you are more selective in the clients that you are working with. I know in the beginning, you kind of want to work with anybody you possibly can. Let's say somebody isn't even pre-qualified to see a home, you still probably will go show them a home anyways because you want them and you want the experience of looking at homes, showing people homes, meeting and making connections, and you want to let your client know that you are going to work with them even if before they're qualified and then once they find the home after they're qualified. So these are kind of all of the things that you should look at when you know, you're working with your clients and then also once problems do arise and you need to make sure that your client still feels comfortable to tell you information and then is not going to turn around and talk about you because you said something out of anger. So really what I'm trying to say is always be understanding of the other person's situation. Never try to put your client in a situation where they feel bad about something because no matter what, you truly are working in their best interest. Um, so with all that being said, that was my first deal that fell apart um, as an as a real estate agent and I don't expect that to be the last one at all I'm sure there's going to be plenty of other deals and the that fall apart and the last thing that I wanted to say is never get too involved with something actually closing because nothing is for certain and to just kind of always be moving forward and not really be looking back because what happened in the past happened in the past and the only thing that you can do is truly move forward with all the people that you are working with and all the potential sales that you do have 
So I hope that motivates you, whether you're kind of going through something that may have just failed, or also you're somebody where it just wasn't your time to buy. Um, There will be another time to buy, there will be another house, and there's nothing to worry about. So I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Leave It to Hannah. If you want to continue to keep up with me, you can follow follow me on Instagram at realestate underscore Hannah. Um, And I hope to see you somewhere else on the internet. Bye.